So the Fed has met and they are adamant that any inflation we see is going to be transitory and if they are to deliver maximum employment and stability in the longer term, they're going to need to keep rates where they are until 2023. That came as no surprise to anyone, but do the markets believe them? Do they believe that inflation is not a problem before then? Uh, we'll look at the uh, the morning's FOMC meeting today, plus Aussie job numbers today and what to expect from New Zealand's Q4 GDP. It's Thursday, the 18th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar was rising ahead of the Fed. It's down half percent since, with the Aussie up 0.6%, the pound up 0.3%. They were both down ahead of the, the Fed meeting. The euro was up a quarter percent. Now it's been boosted up to 0.6% up. And equities obviously like what they heard from the Fed as well. The Dow is up 0.6% after the meeting, but it was down 0.7% earlier, so up 0.4% on the day. The Nasdaq also got a lift from the news. It was down half a percent on the day, but sharp tenly, or sharp but turned sharply on the Fed meeting and was up over half a percent. Smaller moves in Europe, with the markets, of course, closed well before the Fed. The FTSE 100 down 0.6%. The Eurostoxx 50 hasn't moved at all much today. Uh, not as much movement in bond yields. Uh, you might have expected more, perhaps, from the Fed. Ten-year Treasuries up four basis points to 1.66%, but they were up uh, to 1.685% earlier uh, in the session, which was the highest they've been since 2020, whilst ten-year uh, inflation break-evens hit an eight-year high of 2.33%. Oil down today. Brent lost more than half a percent, a third of 1% down for WTI. But let's look at the FOMC meeting this morning with Gavin Friend, senior FX strategist at NAB in London, keeping rates uh, as expected, close to zero, and staying there through to 2023, through to 2024, really. No change to QE either. Any change to QE is still going to be a way off. They've had a revision to their forecasts, a much faster recovery. None of this is a surprise, but as I've just explained, quite a market reaction today. Yes, good morning, Phil. Well, I think that's because markets went into this, as you were saying in the introduction there. You know, perhaps half the market was expecting something a bit more from this. We know markets have been champing at the bit in terms of uh, thinking maybe the Fed will change its forecast because we've got such an economic impulse coming through that they thought maybe it might shift its views on inflation. <clears throat> as we've been saying, that was unlikely given the recent shift to average inflation targeting. It would be something of a faux pas to shift your inflation mandate and your uh, your guidance on employment and then suddenly shift back again so quickly. So what do we get today? Well, as you say, we've got no change in rates. The statement made hardly any change at all. Um, in contrast to the last meeting on 27th of January, it said employment and activity had moderated. It's now saying that economic activity and employment have turned higher, uh, have turned up recently. Those sectors affected most by the pandemic remain weak. Um, previously, it said weaker demand and earlier declines in oil prices have been key holding down inflation. Now it simply says inflation continues to run below 2%. So a kind of tacit acknowledgement that inflation is and will continue to rise as we get these kind of you know, base effects unwinding, we get the supply issues hitting. And then, of course, we're going to get some impulse in inflation from the economic reopening. So it's acknowledging that on its new economic forecast, though, a lot of interest in that dot in the dot points or the individual FOMC member forecasts for where the federal funds rate will be at the end of 2021, 22, 23 and longer term. No real change in the 2021, 2022 couple of, you know, maybe three more. Uh, FMC uh, voters now think maybe slightly higher rates in 2022, but still well below the median. All the focus was in what would they say about 2023 rates, the end of their sort of forecast projection. 
in December, recall, there were five of 17 FOMC members that thought rates would be higher by then. Today, we just saw another couple add to that, actually, and there's one more FOMC voting member. So it's, it's, now, it's now eight of Far eight. Away. Eight of 18. So it's still So medium. far away. It is. It is. And, and, you know, so much could happen. And, in fact, you know, one of the questions was asked at the press conference was, you know, about the QE program, continuing at $120 billion a month. Uh, is there any talk about even talking about tapering? And uh, no is the answer to that. They're going to stick with it until they see some material change, basically. That's right. And that's the, that's the change under average inflation targeted. They actually need to see a real change in the numbers, not just a change in their forecasts. So mm. Powell is sticking to the script. Um, and, and as you can see, markets have reacted in a way that says, oh, mild disappointment. We didn't get something a bit more hawkish. You know, we've got uh, the dollar. Uh, down by about half a percent on the DXY. That means the Aussie dollar actually outperforming up about three quarters of a percent to uh, where are we now? 70, almost 78 cents. The Kiwi up just lagging behind that. The Euro up. We've got bond yields, you know, from, from you mentioned 167, 168. We were on 10s at one point uh, on Wednesday. We're down to 163 now. We've got the two year yield down by a couple of basis points. So yields just backing off those highs and equity markets, you know, like in the news yeah but you can understand the concern or, or the expectation perhaps that something different might have happened because i mean they're talking about transitory inflation but what what if it's not transitory and that was one of the questions in the press conference as well look you know you've got very lower very low inflation now uh without a rate hike uh but next year you're saying more people are going to go back to work that was one of the questions if you've if you've met your mandate on jobs and there's the risk of inflation why wouldn't you respond to get inflation out of control uh, before it gets out of control why wouldn't you respond sooner because we because because the under the new mandate it isn't just um, getting unemployment down to three and a half percent. It's getting to full employment. No one knows what that is. It's conjunction with the idea that we've got average inflation or inflation averaging above two percent for a sustainable period. They're not going to know they get there until they get there. Uh, and so the vet, the Fed is going to hold the line on this. <laughs> Coming you, too you're, late you're, by then. You're, you're right. We, we have <laughs> some huge a huge uplift in growth in 2020. One up to you know up to six percent uh, from the previous just over, above four percent, um, but 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 then you see the, it rolls back over again. We're back down to sort of trend growth at one point eight two percent within a couple of years. The Fed at the moment doesn't see this huge growth impulse as raising the long raising productivity and raising the long run uh, trend rate of growth. It sees it as you know something that's going to be transitory, um, and we'll have to wait and see. You know, much later this year, after we get the base effects dissipate, after we get the supply side considerations uh, and whatever comes from the economic boom in Q2 and Q3, and then we'll assess where are we in terms of wage inflation and those kinds of things. So uh, so what so what can we take out from this then in terms of the Bank of England? Because, of course, they're their next cab off the rank. We've heard Andrew Bailey being a little bit more bullish lately, haven't we, over the last week, really. Will they take the lead from the Fed in, in terms of expecting the recovery faster? But uh, also, similarly, not uh, <laughs> responding in any way, not act- actually acting on those increased forecasts and still saying we're going to keep things how they are. Well, I think that's we've already heard, haven't we? We've seen how Andrew Bailey has shifted from a fairly cautious, dovish stance, you know, markets pricing rate and negative rates just two or three weeks ago. Now, 
pricing in around 50 basis points of rate hikes in the UK over the next three years. I mean, it's a fairly long time frame, but all this really reflecting the growing confidence that the UK, like the US, will see a significant economic rebound in Q2 and Q3 when the economy opens up, driven by the rapid pace of vaccinations that we're seeing in the UK faster than even in the US. You know, the OBR, the independent uh, growth predictor here, says UK growth could be 7.3% next year. Wow, I mean, no, no private for, no private sector forecaster is, is forecasting growth that high. I think that's giving the Bank of England or parts of the Bank of England uh, some some security, some confidence. I would note that you know we're we've seen sterling reflecting this. You know the the, the shift in rate expectations is not going unnoticed by the pound. It's up two and a half percent from the last time the Bank of England met. We're also seeing, like in the US, this big push up in yield. So ten year UK yields up at 0.85 now from point point two five a month and a half ago. That's that's not an immaterial. Uh, t- uh, you know, tightening in financial conditions. I think the Bank of England will have a cautious eye on that. But like all these things, you know, it, I don't think it's going to rail against it, to, uh, you know, w- w- when it speaks later on Thursday. I think it's probably more likely what we'll see is the bank won't need to do anything because the markets will do the tightening for it. Not that that's needed at this stage. Yeah, and in both in both locations, of course, there's also that extra uh, impetus from savings that they're hoping is going to kick in as well. One trillion, they're saying, in, uh, in the United States has got to be yet to be unleashed either because people have saved from the cost of working while still getting an income or they've been perhaps, uh, dare I say, working cash in hand whilst getting benefits. You know, there's uh, uh, there's a, a lot of money stashed away in bank accounts that might uh, come out and be spent in bars and uh, restaurants over the next few months, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. the number in the UK that the Bank of England is talking about is potentially $250 billion. So, um, you know, uh, again, you know, that's, it's, it's really going to goose um, you know, activity in the next two quarters. Now, uh, Australia's unemployment numbers are out today. Uh, we'll get uh, jobs growth and the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate is expected to k- kick down a little, isn't it, from 64 to 6.3% perhaps? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're expecting uh, a pretty punchy report, a labour market report today. Um, the consensus is looking for 30,000 new jobs. NAB's looking for 50,000. The unemployment rate, as you say, from down a tenth to 6.3. We think it could go to 6.2. The bar on that's fairly low, given rounding. Um, I mean, if we're right, 50,000 new jobs will... Um, then see uh, employment um, just below, a tenth below pre-pandemic levels, something like 14,000, 15,000 jobs below. If we look back at the weekly payroll numbers we've just had, they were pretty strong and support and above consensus prints today. If we look at our, the NAB business survey for February, it showed strength in the employment sub-index rising to, what, eight from three. Job ads, you know, if you look at the Seek data, new job ads have been strong up 4.1% to the highest level since, uh, what, mid-2019. I mean, the ongoing strength in the labour in labour demand is important given the sort of participation rate is at record highs suggesting unemployment is likely to trend lower still. Um, it doesn't, uh, as far as we can see, look like the uh, the sort of uh, snap five-day lockdown that we saw in Victoria weighed materially on, on, on the labour market. Job adverts, you know, held up uh, and the, the lockdown likely predated the sort of relevant reference uh, week for, for, for labour force data. So, you know, all in all, we're looking for, a, you know, a, a, a larger outturn than the consensus. 
Right. So more confidence and more strength for Australia. Perhaps a different story for New Zealand. We get their GDP for Q4. I mean, we have seen this big divide, haven't we, between the two countries. Uh, we're expecting the growth to slow uh, right down in uh, in Q4. I, I mean, I guess a lot of this would be tourism related. I mean, they are a lot more dependent, aren't they, on tourism in New Zealand than we are in Australia? Yeah, they are. They are. Um, and that's why, you know, today um, there's an awful lot of uncertainty. The margin of error around this Q4 GDP print is quite large. And the consensus mm. is for 0.2 Q on Q after Q3, where we saw this big 14% gain. And that will take be about half, worth about half percent year on year growth. Um, our BNZ colleagues look for an above consensus 0.4 Q on Q outcome for 0.6 year on year but you know they, they caution the margin error is huge as we saw in Q2 and Q3 the RBNZ for instance is looking for flat growth um, so you know we, we're going to have to see what, yeah. it, what, what it turns out to be but the, uh, the it's going to be what it is, is. it is that's all we can say yeah. so uh, just a final point then all the volatility we've seen today based on a, a, a central bank saying almost exactly what people expected them to say I mean that, that just shows markets are not settling down, no, they? but I think you know that we have a very divided market, and that's why we get this uh, get this whipsawing around because you know a, a large section of the market thinks that uh, something else is happening and will happen, and uh, that that you know the, this problem is amplified by the fact that the central bank, the Fed in this case, is saying one thing. It won't actually know until a few months down the road whether whether that's right or not. Uh, uh, you know, and so, and so and so that's you know it's understandable that we get this. It becomes conjecture and opinion. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. We also get the uh, balance of trade for the euro area today. We get the weekly jobless claims for the United States as well, but we'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Gavin. Thanks for getting us up to date on all of that. Cheers, Phil. Thank you. And it's Friday tomorrow, last one of the week. I'll be back here. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.